Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Hello, Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Thank you guys for having me tonight on your midweek service. I just count it a privilege and a joy to be able to just share on what the Lord has dropped in my heart for tonight. Uh, it's a simple word. I don't have a heavy revy for you guys, but I think it's going to help us for tonight. Amen. And what the Lord has placed. Uh, before we get started, I want to go ahead and just pray. Uh, let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. Amen. Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we thank you for this evening. I pray, Father God, for all those that are watching tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that we would be attentive to your word. I pray, God, that we would... Uh, be obedient, Father God, to everything that you speak into our hearts tonight, Father God. I pray, Lord, that uh, we would be hearers of your word, Father God, and not just doers, Father. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I uh, just want to share a thought, amen, the Lord has placed for tonight. Uh, the word is position. How many know that position could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing? In a person's life, uh, the Webster's defines the word position as a point of view adopted and held to, or a relative place, situation, or standing, or a social or official rank or status. Uh, an example uh, of a point of view adopted and held to would be. Uh, a person applying for a certain position at a job, a new job, and he ends up getting this job and months go by and the supervisors ends up seeing that he's a hard worker, that uh, he picks up on everything quick, all the tasks that is given to him, he takes care of them and a position ends up opening up and they don't have nobody for that position. So they ended up adopting him from maybe a plant worker to now a supervisor or a plant manager. And this is an example of being adopted into a position. Uh, another one would be a, rel a relative place. Uh, what comes to mind would be uh, a restaurant here in Downey that was developed in the 1950s. And a lot of us are familiar with this restaurant. It's called um, Bob's Big Boys. Bob's Big Boys was established and we've seen that a lot of families would take their families to this restaurant and it became a very popular restaurant. Uh, and uh, we've seen on how decades went by and they began to develop other restaurants in other cities. But for whatever reason, the one here in Downey was vacant for a long time and it was going to be closed down and they wanted to knock down that building and what ended up happening is that um, a lot of the community community got together uh, a lot of the families uh, that uh, raised their kids in the city of downey uh, they didn't want them to knock down that building so they ended up rebuilding it to the restaurant again and even till this day it stands and that's an example of what 
of the second um, illustration is on the, on the word position. Uh, uh, the, another one would be the social or official rank or status. We see that that's kind of uh, pretty much in our world, in the church world, that we understand that position comes from God. And God brings position to our lives depending on what we're seeking after and what vision God places us individually, amen, for winning the loss in his kingdom. And we see that there's a fivefold ministries of pastor, evangelist, a prophet, a teacher, and so forth. And depending on what God has called us to do, this is a position that we're placed in and we need to be a good steward over that position. And I believe that the word for tonight, God just wants to bring to remembrance that we are called by him and according to his will and according to his purpose and where he wants to take us, amen, to enhance the kingdom of God. Uh, the text that I want to turn to tonight, uh, I'm not really going to be uh, turning to a lot of scripture tonight. It's just based off this one passage of scripture that the Lord had dropped into my heart for tonight. And it's a story that I believe is going to help us, amen, for tonight's message. Uh, in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14, I'll go ahead and read that. It says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man, and the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given them victory over Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out and raid and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would be healed of his leprosy. And Naaman went and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel, so that so, so he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shackles of gold, and Ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant, servant to you that you may kill him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that? This man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quail with me. So it was when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel tore his clothes that he sent, sent to the king saying, Why have you tore your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall come. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went 
with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself that he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not all the Abana or the Farpar rivers of Domestic better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in range. And his servant came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the sayings of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was cleansed. Uh, here we see a man with position. Naaman was a man with position and high status. We see how a captain, he was a leader among the people of Syria. He was a conqueror and a hero among the people of Syria. A mighty man of valor. He was a man that held great position among the people in Syria, but yet a castaway because he was a leopard. And we see here that Naaman, because of his position, we see in the story that we see how pride ended up coming into him because of the position that he held. But in verse 2, verses 3, it says, and the Syrians had gone out and raided and helped and brought back a captive, a young girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife and said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophets of Syria, for he would be healed of his leprosy. Here we see this man called Naaman that had a great problem. A problem that man, that man cannot solve. Naaman was a man of wealth and position. And we see that Naaman being a man in his status. And we see that the first thing that came to his mind. When this maidservant had brought to attention that he could get his healing. The first thing that came to his mind in verse 5. We see how he really quick grabs 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shackles of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. And I believe that Naaman wanted to go to this place and bring a gift and pay for this healing, amen, that this maidservant was talking about, amen. And we see that, but by his physical condition demanded a supernatural healing, not a healing that could have been bought with gold or talent or money or anything, but it had to come supernaturally from God to bring this healing of this leprosy. And I believe that he attracted this leprosy 
in the battlefield. When the Bible says that they would go into battle, and I believe that Naaman, when he would come home from the battlefield, from defeating the enemy, that when he would begin to take off his armor and begin to take off the shield and begin to undress, God sent that maidservant for a purpose. Maybe one day when the maidservant was there, she was there in the presence unexpectedly and began, and saw Naaman undressing and seeing that he was a leopard. And quickly she responded and went and told Naaman's wife, hey, you know what, there, if your husband was to go to Israel, he would be healed to this prophet that he would be healed of his leprosy. Amen. He was in need of a, you know, here we see that this maidservant was used by God. And we seen that she was a, a watchman, amen, over Naaman by directing him somewhere where he could get his healing. See, Naaman's healing came because of this young maidservant and because of his act of obedience in the end of the story. But because of his position, we've seen that the struggle was real, that there was things that came up, amen, when he was told to go dip himself seven times in the Jordan River, probably one of the dirtiest rivers in that time. And we've seen his response in verses eight. It says, so it was when Elijah came out and um, when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he said to the king of saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elijah. And Elijah sent a messenger saying, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious, the Bible says, and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, I surely, I will surely come out, that he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. And not... And not in this dirty river. And he starts complaining and starts naming these other cleaner rivers in Damascus. And it says, aren't these rivers better? Aren't they cleaner than this river? And we see now he went away in range. And I believe that the reason why Naaman was bringing this up was because he wasn't used to people telling him what to do because of his position. Because of what he held. Amen back in Samaria. And we see that here's a man that allowed pride and allowed jealousy and allowed back, begin to backbite about those that were telling him to go dip himself seven times in the Jordan. You know, here we see a man with position, not used to people telling him what to do. But I believe that we must not let position dictate our obedience to the Lord. See, obedience is a practical acceptance of the authority of the authority and the will of God. It includes both submitting to him and then expressing that submission in action, words and our thoughts.
to be obedient is to be in agreement with God and to be in agreement with God is to be in a position of the power of God. How many know that we, when we're called and God gives us position, it's from him. He's given it to us for a reason because he knows that we're called for that position that he's placed us in. And it could be a life group leader. It could be an outreach director. It could be a youth pastor. It could be a pastor. It doesn't matter the position that God places us in. But if we know that it truly comes from God and if we're obedient to that and we're listening to that, that small, still voice of the passion and the visions that God places us in our lives for that particular position, God's going to bless it. Amen. He's going to multiply it. And we see that, amen, with our fellowship, with the obedience of our pastor, our founder, Mike Neville, when he was called to Maywood, we see the obedience. When God placed him in a position, he was obedient to that position. And he began to pray and ask God for direction and guidance. And God brought a wave of revival. And we see the history of that. And we see how God brought a powerful move of God. But we must be careful, amen, not to let uh, pride or disobedience or envy or jealousy to come in to our lives because of the position that we have as men and women of God. See, Naaman was looking at his own ability. You know, he developed his own sense of authority. And with that came pride disobedience, envy, you know, and disobedience is caused by rebellion and distrust of God. To be disobedient is to yield to self instead of surrendering to God and desiring his will in all things. See, if we are not careful, we could allow position to blind us from hearing the voice of God. The voice could come in many ways. It could come through a leader. It could come through a sermon as the maidservant to Naaman. You know, that was a voice that came to Naaman through that maidservant to point him in a direction for his healing. But in the process of that, we've seen a story that pride set in and disobedience. And we've seen how that could have held him back from his blessing until he came to his senses. See, Naaman came to his senses. And verse 13 and 14, we see, and it, and verse 13, it says, And his servant came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not, would you have not done it? How much more then? When he says to you, wash in the, and, and be clean. So he went down, dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the sayings of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. You know, we see that when he came to his senses, realizing that he wasn't going to allow his position or his status dictate him from his healing it was until when he obeyed the man of God, the prophet, and went and dipped himself seven times. That's when his healing came. 
the question and conclusion and the question, how are we going to dictate our lives as men and women of God? When God gives us position and entrusts us with his sheep, are we able to accept corrections from a leader that may be seeing something in our walk or something that we're going through? Are we going to allow our position to dictate us receiving that correction from that leader or maybe a pastor through a sermon and God starts speaking through you through a sermon of something that's hidden in you as well. You know, we too as Naaman could go to church and have that mass and be a great man, a mighty man of valor or a woman that holds position. And because we don't want nobody to know that when we go home and we start taking off the armor that we too have bitterness or hatred or unforgiveness or things that hold heavy in our hearts that we're not willing to let God pull out through a message or through a leader that may see something because we don't want our position or our status to be offended. But I believe that God is showing us tonight that, you know what, we need to be obedient and know that God has called us for a purpose for such a time as now with everything that's going on through the pandemic and everything that's going on, we see that the enemy is coming in hard to try to pull us down and take away, amen, what God has promised us. And I believe God's bringing that revival, but we need to be clean before his presence and know that God wants to use us and that he wants to be able to have us uh, be powerful men and women of God and that we would not allow position to dictate and who we are in Christ. And I just wanted to just bring that word to you guys tonight. And I believe that God wants to do something powerful, not only in my life, but in your life. And I just, again, want to just thank you guys for having me tonight. Um, before we close tonight, I just want to give an opportunity for those that are listening, uh, that are uh, hooked on for tonight. Uh, I just want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh, if you never accepted Christ as your Lord, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to say a simple prayer. Or perhaps maybe you're once a believer, but you've gone astray and uh, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Uh, I want to say a prayer tonight and uh, that you would accept Christ. Amen. So let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my heart. I believe, I confess with my mouth that you're Lord, that you died on the cross, and that you rose from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen.